0: What's up? So glad that y'all are all here on this beautiful Saturday morning. Go ahead and continue dropping where you are tuning in from. Um, I am so excited to be here with y'all. Let me get my life together, get my things up on my screen. I hope y'all are ready. Um, I'm so excited about this new year. This is our first time streaming for the new year. Last week, you might have missed this or you might have felt like you missed this. We just got together as a family on Zoom Um, like the olden days, like we did when we first started. I gave a little background. We're going to be studying Acts uh, for the next 28 weeks. So we'll study one chapter a week. We are a Bible-studying congregation. And what that means is that every week we are studying as a community the same thing. And then I'm going to come and teach from the chapter that we focused and really meditated on For the week. So, and it's just going to go in order. You don't have to worry. You will know exactly what week we are on. It also doesn't matter when you come in. Um, Maybe you're coming in on the third week or the fourth week or the fifth week, or you're just like binging. That's okay. Um, You can just get in where you fit in. Because we are a Bible studying church with a Bible studying congregation, um, I also create, we have these Bible study guides for you to. Get if you'd like one, the one that I'm going to be using, let me take my little note out of here. The one that I'm going to be using to teach from is the transformational one. Um, this is specifically for application, and I believe that you know it's so important for us to read the word. The word of God tells us that we're not just to be hearers; we're also to be doers. I'm looking around because I don't have another one um, close to me. I really should have uh, thought about it, but you can go to the website, Bold Faith Church dot org backslash shop and you can um see which bible study guide that you want this is not um content specific and so what does that mean it means that even if you're not studying acts even if you're studying something else but you really want some structure to the study and you want to have some steps or you want to try a method um, of studying the bible study journals will help you to do that they're very um strategic and methodical so that you can get through um, whatever it is that you are studying and not miss anything. You want to be able to pull out as many things from the Word um, as you can. And so these Bible study journals will help you to do that. Um, So you can go to the website and get those. It is a physical product, so they'll be shipped to your home, wherever you are, Um, and you can use them for the full 28 weeks. I know that I will be using this one for the full 28 weeks, and um, you can use any of them actually for the full 28 weeks. You don't need to get a new Bible study journal every month like we did in the past. Now you can just get the one Bible study journal for the entire book that we are studying. And um, so we're studying the book of Acts for the next 28 weeks, one chapter a week. That is where I'll be teaching from. It's so important for you to study ahead of what I teach so that you can um, get in your word and you can hear from God. You can allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Certainly God is gonna give me a message for the people of this house. And certainly God has a message for you. Even if you've studied it all week long, God has a message. Um, I'm his mouthpiece, I'm a messenger for, um, for God as it relates to the word of God, right? I'm not saying I'm a prophet, I'm just saying I got a message from the word of God for you. And so, you just want to get ahead of what I'm teaching. So, you want to read, uh, right? This week you would have read chapter one. Now, I'm going to teach from chapter one. And this week you would focus on chapter two. And then on next Saturday, I will teach from chapter two. So, that way you can, um, you know, get in that word for yourself before I come in with what the Lord is telling me. And then that way it feels good to get some confirmation too right? Like, okay, this is what I got from it. This is what I did. This is what I believe God is saying. And then you come here on Saturday and I tell you exactly what you, what the Lord told you. Then you're like, Ooh, was she in my house? Did she have my home bugged? I didn't. It's the Lord. It's the Lord that's got something to say to you. Um, I'm not always going to give background, but I'm going to give a background for today. Let me take this down. If you like this video, be sure to like this video. If you haven't subscribed, Go ahead and subscribe. Um, We're going to be looking at Acts chapter 1 verses 1 through 26. I'm not going to read all those verses, but that is where this study, um, this word is coming from, Acts chapter 1 verses 1 through 26. Let me give you a little background since um, we had some technical difficulties last week and I planned on sharing it and making the replay available for Bold Faith Community Church on Facebook. If you're not in the Facebook group, that is where our church is housed. That is where our community is because we're an online church. And so get connected by being um, included in that group, the Bold Faith Community Church Facebook group. I planned on sharing the replay there, but it didn't record. So I'm just gonna give y'all a little bit of background, not the full background that I gave last week, um, just a little bit. And then we'll move into what chapter one is all about. And so the book of Acts is written by Luke. He's the author. He's also the author of um, the gospel according to Luke. He's a physician, Gentile writer. He's the only Gentile author of the New Testament. Um, Physician, he was Paul's aide. He was with Paul doing some of his uh, missionary trips. He's a historian a meticulous historian. He's all about having an accurate account. He had access to people who were firsthand witnesses and people who experienced firsthand what was happening with Jesus. And his audience seems to always be um, Theophilus. In the gospel according to Luke, he spoke to Theophilus. And at the greeting of this book uh, of Acts, it's also, uh, you know, Theophilus is what he said. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach, right? So um, we know that he's talking to the same person again. He's the recipient. So Theophilus is the recipient of both Luke's gospel and X. He's an uncertain believer. And we know that he's an uncertain believer because even in the gospel, Luke is saying, I want you to know that what you have believed is true. So he believes on some level. He's a Christian on some level. He's heard the gospel. He's heard about the good news of Jesus on some level. But Luke wants to encourage and, and assure him that what he has heard and what he believes is um good and true, right? And so as we get into Acts 1, what has happened up until this point? Like, how did we get to Acts 1? Well, Jesus has fulfilled his purpose, and he has completed his assignment, and so now he's returning home to heaven. He's ascending, and he sends someone else to guide, aid, support, and empower the disciples. While Jesus was on this earth, he chose the disciples. People followed him, and he imparted into him into them the ability to um, cast out demons and to heal the sick and the blind and all of these things and to go out and do the things that they were called to do. And so now since he's going to ascend to heaven, he's sending someone that's going to be a comforter, that's going to give them the power that they need so that they can do what they've been called to do. Luke's gospel gives an account of what God did through Jesus. Acts gives the details of what the Holy Spirit does through the disciples, and how they together, the disciples with the empowerment of Holy Spirit, with the guidance of Holy Spirit, with encouragement of Holy Spirit, were able to establish the Christian church as a result. It is a salvation story. The entire Bible is a salvation story, right? It's God's purpose to save the world. That's revealed gradually in Old Testament, and it's fulfilled in Jesus, and that mission continues Um, in the mission of the church, right? This picks up where Jesus left off when we get to Acts chapter one, picks up where Jesus left off, telling them where to go, what to do. We see a lot of people here in the book of Acts. There are lots of big names here. Peter, Paul, you see them. Barabbas, Stephen, the first martyr, we'll see Um, lots of disciples, the replaced disciple, Matthias, converted Jews, Gentiles, Jewish leaders, Roman officials, And certainly we see the Holy Spirit. I truly believe that the Holy Spirit is the star of the book of Acts. It's the star of this show. Um, And it gives them the ability to speak in other languages, which helps for global evangelism. Um, The Holy Spirit is what grows the church. It gives them the power. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives them the power to perform miracles and to perform their duties and to be able to speak a word to the people. It is all done through the Holy Spirit. It guides them and it bears witness that Jesus is Messiah. It is sent by Jesus, by God to be a helper. So then we get to chapter one. Hopefully you've read it. I'll give a quick summary and then just kind of break it down a little bit. So Luke writes to Theophilus. He tells them that after Jesus' resurrection, he appeared to them, um, showing himself doing all these different things. But he he appeared to a small group, the group that knew him, the group that knew to look for him. Right. And he did certain things so that they would know he wasn't a ghost. He wasn't an apparition, but he was actually resurrected back into his human form, his human body. And um, so Jesus is telling them at the start of chapter one, Jesus is telling them how the holy spirit is going to come and and he's going to help them and he's giving them an assignment to go out and share the gospel first to jerusalem then to judea and samaria and then to the ends of the earth then the disciples want an oval you know when is the lord going to come back and establish israel because at this time um, the children of Israel are not governing themselves as we once seen in the Old Testament. They are under Roman rule. They have a little bit of, um, they got a little bit of power, right? Like Jewish leaders, but Jewish leaders do not outrank Roman leadership. They're still under um, the umbrella, the thumb, the oppression of Roman leaders. Um, Peter stands as a he emerges as a leader here, Peter does among the people, um, and he reminds them of the prophecy of Judas and that he needed to be replaced. And so they had two people that they nominated and they were replaced. And then one was chosen to replace Judas. That's what we see happening in um, chapter one. That's just like a little quick, quick little summary Um If I had to pick like a a topic, I would say that um, this particular topic is another promise, right? If you want to write down, it's another promise. (sighs) Listen, what I love about the Bible is that um, it's really one story and it's full of all these promises um, from God to his people and the Holy Spirit is another promise Um, that's going to come. Jesus is saying, I'm going to leave. And this is what the Holy Spirit is going to do. And we're going to see that God is a promise keeper. We know that with Jesus, the Messiah who came and died for our sins, that God kept his promise to redeem the world back to himself through what Jesus did on the cross. It was what was foretold. We know that um, even the even the population of jews came as the result of a promise that god made to abraham i am going to make you the father of many nations it's going to be so many that if, unless you could count the stars that's how it's going to be like counting your your kin unless you could count the the strength, the little pieces of sand um on the ground you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to count the number of children that are going to come from you, right? He says that. And then now we have this entire nation of people that came through and can trace their lineage back through Abraham. It was a promise that God made. And so when we start to look at the Holy Spirit, what we need to understand is that the Holy Spirit is a manifestation. It is the um, the fruit. It is the, the result. It is the fulfillment. That's what I'm looking for. It is the fulfillment of another promise. So I don't know if God has made you a promise, I don't know this. You know, this year is starting out. You've probably been thinking and reflecting. Anybody been reflecting on 2022? Anybody been reflecting on last year and the promises that you made to yourself and the promises that you made to God and the promises that you made to people? Some you kept. Some you didn't keep. Some of you keep promises to other people, but you don't keep promises to yourself. Um, some of you make promises to other to the Lord, and then you break those promises to keep promises that you made to people. I just. Wonder if anybody's been thinking about promises or maybe you're the person who's on the receiving end and somebody told you they were going to do something. You thought that they were going to support you. You thought that they were going to be there for you, encourage you, whatever. They made a promise to not hurt you again and they didn't keep their promise. So the last thing you want to hear is about another promise. Maybe you believe that your life would turn out a different way this season of your life. You thought that things were going to be different at the end of the year. You started 2022 believing the Lord for a spouse, believing the Lord for a child, believing the Lord for the ability to quit your job for some type of freedom, some some peace, some relief, some something. You started at the beginning of the year, and then when you got to December 2022, you were disappointed. And so now you don't want to hear about another promise of God. But I got another promise from God. So. That's what we're going to be in because it's not in our timetable, which is what he tells them. We'll get to that. It's not in your timetable. It's in the timetable of God. And we just have to continue. I say we just, that word makes it seems like it's a uh, simple, it's not, but we have to continue to stay committed to following Christ. Even we don't, even when we don't understand his timetable and what it is and how he's doing, why he's doing it the way that he's doing. Um, because this promise this promise that we're going to look at today is a promise that's going to help to keep you until that other promise comes, right? This is the thing that's going to keep you. That's going to give you the ability to do things that you couldn't otherwise do. So let's look, let's just slow down a little bit. I'm kind of going to go back to the summary. I just want to slow down a little. So what we see at the top is that Jesus is really passing the baton to the Holy spirit. So in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. The word was God, right? And so what happens is God takes on human form and he comes to the earth and he lives out a natural life, right? As a human and still fully human and still fully God, right? And because of that, because he's God, he's able to choose disciples that are going to do this work He is teaching them, leading them by example, showing them, bringing them in close, protecting them, uh, pouring out an anointing on them, giving them an assignment, helping them to see their purpose, letting them know what's going to come, giving them some insight to things that they wouldn't otherwise have, giving them access to a level of power that they wouldn't have if they hadn't been selected to be a part of uh, the disciples, right? And uh, he's the one who gives them the power to go out and he sends them out, he he has an assignment for them. He gives them the power to go out and complete their assignment, which is, um, you know, healing, casting out demons. He does that, and so now it's time for he's come. He did his assignment. He fulfilled his assignment. He died on the cross. He rose again for us. Now it's a, now it's time for him to go home, back to heaven, for him to leave his earthly body, not by death, but by ascension. Um, for him to leave his earthly body and return to heaven. But he's not going to leave them alone. He's not going to leave them without support. He's not going to leave them without power. He's not going to leave them without his spirit. You know, Jesus being God, he could send a word and his word would go out and do a thing, but he couldn't be with everyone everywhere in his human form. There were some limitations. He had a human form. Limitations. I don't think that God is hungry in heaven, but we know that Jesus was hungry on earth. He fasted for 40 days. And when his hunger was at the at this you know, precipice, right at the highest level of hunger is when the enemy came to um, tempt him to turn stone into bread. Right. So we know that by being in the body, there were some limitations, no limitations to his power, but limitations to what he could do in a human body. He was limited to that. Right. And so he can't be everywhere at one time. Why? Because he's in this human body. But by going back to heaven and sending the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God, by sending Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit can be with each of us, no matter where we are all at the same time. The very presence of God. Holy Holy Spirit is the presence of God, the power of God. Right there, the manifest presence of God right there with you in your home, in your office, in your car, in the grocery store, at the football field, at the track field, wherever you are right now listening to this message. The Holy Spirit is presently with me and the Holy Spirit at the same exact time is presently with you. And that could not be accomplished had Jesus not gone. And he said that it's better for me to leave. Because I'm sending somebody that's going to be free to do what I cannot do in this body. That's a beautiful thing. And so Jesus is passing the baton to the Holy Spirit. You know, they, the disciples, they had an assignment. Um, They are called to go out and make disciples of the world, to baptize um, people and tell them the good news about Christ and the salvation that's available to them if they would repent and follow him. But they are not going to be able to do this in their own power. How many of you are trying to do things in your own power? They're not going to be able to do this in their own power, which Jesus tells them. So I'm going to send somebody who can help you. The Holy Spirit is the one who's going to help them to accomplish the assignment that they've been given. What I love, if you continue to read, is that they remain together. The disciples, as they wait because they sat and they watched Jesus ascend to heaven, he told them not to leave. Don't leave. Stay here before you go out. You do have an assignment, but don't go anywhere. Wait for the Holy Spirit to come here to Jerusalem. And then when it gets here, then y'all can go out. So now they're waiting on the Spirit to come. They don't know when, what time of day, what day of the week, but now they're waiting and they decided to wait together. They were always together constantly praying in community not just the disciples the disciples and all who was with them men and women including the mother of jesus so women are not excluded the women are there too they're there they're praying together and while they are waiting while they are praying and they're all together peter on this rock will i build my church emerges as a leader. Now, let me just take us back a little bit with Peter. You know, Peter was with the Lord. He was with them. He was one of the three. There were 12. Peter was one of the three. He's a little impulsive. He's the one that cut the, the um, servant of the high priest's ear off. He was like, oh, let's go. He's also the one that denied Jesus three times. He's also the one that ran away when Jesus was being crucified. He didn't stay there, right? He, he was gone. And he's also the one that returned back to... His profession, what he was doing before it is there that Jesus found him on his boat fishing again at the end after he was uh, after he resurrected. Right. So this is the Peter Saint Peter, he is now emerging as a leader. So he stands up They're all together. And Peter is reminding them of how what they have just experienced over the last. You know, a few weeks or months, because Jesus with them was with them for like forty days. So what they experienced over the last few months with um, Judas being one of them—can you imagine somebody that's on your team, doing the work that you do, um, being able to see that the the impact that you have, and then they just sell you out or sell out your leader? What Judas did, he didn't just do to Jesus; he also did to his brothers. We were working together. We had each other's, we were praying together. We were laying hands together. You know, we were building something. We were teaching something. We were spreading. We were impacting people. We were changing lives, transforming lives. And then you went and did something like that. My feelings hurt and you ain't even do it to me. Right? And so Peter's reminding them that even though this thing that they might've gone through was tragic, I imagine waiting for Jesus To send the Holy Spirit. Just think of this aftermath. We're all together. It was like the best and the worst time of our life. To be together with the actual Messiah. Right? There were moments where we were faced. With our own shortcomings. Which might have been difficult to overcome. It was the best time of our life. That we were with him. And it's the worst time. Because we had to see him taken and abused. And mistreated. Even though he prepared us for it. We could not have prepared for what for it so then he did what we hoped he would do but we wasn't hundred percent sure he would do he got up out the grave and we saw him and we got to spend time with him and be with him and fellowship with him for 40 days and now he's gone again and we don't know when he's coming back we know that he is coming back but we have no idea of when he's going to come back and now he's given us this assignment an assignment that was difficult for us to accomplish when he was physically here with us. But he's made us a promise that someone else is going to come and help us. And so now we're all together praying. I can't imagine not feeling a little bit of sadness. Can you imagine that they might have been thinking about all that they've been through? Just like you've been thinking at the end of the year. You're thinking about all the things that you've been through and the things that you survived and the things that happened. The people that you loved and you lost, the people you thought were going to end the year with you in friendship and partnership, and it just business opportunities you thought were gonna let, but they didn't. And so at the end of the year, just thinking, like, dang, and you know that the Lord has something else for you, but in the waiting room, in the waiting space, Peter's like, for the record, because I know what y'all thinking, because I'm thinking the same thing, but let us be reminded. That the Holy Spirit said through David that these things would happen. That the one who worked with us would be the one who would turn against the Messiah. And that with the money that he used, that he earned to betray Jesus, he would buy this land and he would fall there and his energy would fall out and that place would be desolate. These things had to happen. So let's just remember that. And let's remember that it also said that when this happens and the betrayer has done his deed and he's betrayed us that we can't be sitting around, it's gotta be replaced. He's got Judas, it's gotta be replaced. We have to choose a replacement. And so while they're waiting on the Holy Spirit to come, they know that a replacement has to to happen. And and Peter is saying he's studying the standards and the qualifications for the person that is going to replace Judas. It, It has to be somebody who was with us the whole time. We know this other one who betrayed us was with us the whole time, but we can't just replace him with somebody who's only been with us since Jesus did what he said. Cause it's easy to believe once you saw. We need somebody who has been with us since John's baptism, since the baptism by John who was there with us then who didn't leave, who didn't turn their back, didn't have like, they was, they stayed with us. Right. Which is funny coming from Peter. You don't think that because you messed up or you didn't do something that you don't have a right to have standards in this season. That was an old season. You have grown, you have learned your lessons since then, and now you got some demands about yourself. Now you got some boundaries. Now you got some standards. Now you got some qualifications for what it takes for somebody to do the work that you've been called to do with you. Before you just might have been letting anybody in. The enemy wants you to feel like you can't have standards because even you yourself fell short. Okay, well, that was all me. It's a new me, new day. New year, new me. So if anybody wanted to be on this team, this is the qualification. They needed to have been with us at the beginning with John the Baptist and they needed to have stayed with us and been with us when we saw Jesus ascend. And so as a group, they nominate two men um, and they nominate the two men who, who meet, these, um, meet these requirements. They pray and ask the Lord. They cast lots. The lot falls to Matthias. So now Matthias is the replacement. And that's how chapter one ends. What are the things that we see here? What are the lessons? What are are the things that we can take away from this? Okay, we know what they said. We know what happened. Um, This is a great process for studying the word, by the way. Reading, rereading. The verses, the chapter multiple times, summarizing, making sure that you understand what happened, that you give yourself some time to think so you can see what's happening in the text. That's going to help you to see the lessons and the lessons are the things that you will be able to apply to your life present day. Those lessons might have been for them, but God is revealing those things. Holy Spirit is revealing those things to you so you can apply it, those lessons to your life. And so. Here's something that I saw. God is always going to give you what you need to do what he's instructing you to do. Right. God is going to give you what you need so that you can actually accomplish. What he's instructed you to do, who out here has a calling, who has an assignment, for 2023 drop it in the chat let me know you got you ain't got to tell me what your assignment is do you have an assignment what do you have an assignment who has an assignment in 2023 drop it in the chat okay I said we got work to do right drop in the chat drop it in the chat if you have an assignment drop something in the chat for me let me know I know I have an assignment in 23 for from the Lord for a lot of you that assignment Seems like a lot. (laughs) Seems like more than you can do. Seems like you don't have all the tools, resources, finances. You don't have the connections. You don't have the strategy. You don't have what you need. But this is the way that God works. He's not giving you an assignment and not giving you what you need to accomplish it. We see that because God knew. That the assignment, right, was to redeem us, was to have us turn back to him. We could not come back. We couldn't bridge that gap to God ourselves. The, the gap that we created with sin was so vast and so great. We couldn't bridge that gap, not with the Ten Commandments, not with Leviticus, not with Deuteronomy. We couldn't get there. We wouldn't be able to bridge that gap. But He he wanted us to return back to him. So what did he do? He sent his son, Jesus, to die. He wanted the disciples to go out and pray and lay hands and heal and cast out. So what did Jesus do? He gave them the power to do so. Now they've got a new assignment. Their assignment is to continue to do that. But without the presence, physical presence, natural human body, flesh presence of Jesus, he's not telling them to do that and not get, he's like, yeah, this is what y'all need to do. I know it's a lot, but the Holy Spirit's going to help y'all do it. What assignment do you have? You have an assignment and God is telling you to start that assignment right now. This is what he wants you to do. He's told you what to do. And it seems like you don't have all you need. But the Lord does not work that way. He is always going to give you what you need so that you can obey the instruction that he gave you. He's not talking to you and giving you an assignment and revealing to you the work that you've been called to do just so you can make a vision board. Just so you can journal about what the Lord has called you to do. Uh, Some of that insight, friend, is for you to start work, for you to do. He wants you to hear him, not so you can hear him, but so you can obey him. You understand? Another thing that really stood out to me is that their gift was tied to a location. Some of you are placed exactly where you need to be and you want to leave. Or some of you, you can't get the blessing that you need because you need to go back to where the Lord told you to stay. He didn't tell you to leave. That church he you left, he didn't tell you to leave. Say what I said. That post you left, he didn't tell you to leave. And you're trying to figure out why you're not getting blessing. Why are you missing it? Because your blessing was tied to that location. Watch this. Pay attention. I I just, I just want y'all to pick chapter one, verse four. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, this is Jesus. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Now, we know that Jesus talked to a centurion and he was like, oh, my servant is at home. And he was like, come on, I'll go with you. And the centurion servant was like, no, you ain't got to go with me. You can just stay right here, but just get a word and my man will be healed. And he was like, "Ooh, you're right here. I ain't never seen faith like this. So we know that the Lord has the ability to send a gift, blessing, anointing, healing to any location at any time. He's better than Amazon. Now, Amazon be getting a package to you. Some of these other people, they don't be getting your package. Amazon be getting your package to you. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. So we know that the Lord Jesus is able to send a gift to any location. There isn't a location that's too remote. There isn't a place that's so far off the grid that he can't get there. Here's the thing, though. Some of that blessing, some of those anointings, some of that help, some of that clarity has been sent to an address that you need to be at in order to receive it. It's no forwarding addresses. We're not going to forward this gift If you want this gift, then you have to be in this location. If you want this healing, then you have to be planted at that location. If you want this relief, then you have to be in this location. Some of you are trying to leave because the location you're in is a place where you've been hurt before because the place that you're in, the status that you don't understand why I got to keep staying here, why I got to stay on this job? you don't understand why you got to stay in that marriage, you don't understand why you got to stay in that city, you don't understand why you got to stay at that church, you just do not get it, Why? Why do I? Because these people they don't appreciate me, these people, da, 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 da. or maybe it's because you don't want to be there because you made some mistakes there. I don't want to be here. I just want a fresh start. I want to go somewhere where I haven't messed up. I want to go somewhere where they don't know the things that I've struggled with. I want to get into this new place. Right. But the Lord is telling you, no, nah, ma'am. Do not leave that marriage. Stay right there. This promise I got for you was coming right there at that marriage. The peace, the support, the love, the understanding, the reconciliation, the partnership, the covering, the leadership its coming right there in that marriage that you're in. Don't go nowhere. Stay in that marriage. You want to grow and develop your gifts? You want to grow and develop? Don't lead that church. Stay right there at the church that you're in. Bow Faith Community Church or whatever church the Lord has told you to stay at, right? I want you to stay right there. The Lord is saying, this thing that I promised you, that I'm going to take you out of hiding, that people are going to treat you right, that you're going to be developed, that you're going to be able to use your gift, that the gift is going to be on fire. He's called you to that house for a reason. Stay at that house. Stay at that church. He called you there. You know who you're talking to. You know who he's talking to. I don't know who he's talking to, but you know who he's talking to stop playing like that's not your church that's your church that's what the Lord has called you. stay right there because the things that you've been looking for greater understanding greater clarity Revival in your spirit being developed being seen being um being able to serve and not being used and manipulated it's right there don't leave. Somebody on the job. I very rarely be telling y'all to stay this job, but the Lord is saying, somebody's on the job. You ready to quit? No, right there where you at. Mm-mm. The blessing he's got for you is right there. Stay in that location. He is not giving you the pass. He is not giving you the freedom to leave. He hasn't given you your release papers. I don't know who that's for, but it's for somebody. Some of y'all are trying to go. Somewhere. The Lord is like, Mm-mm. the gift, the blessing, the anointing, some of you got one foot out the door. You didn't pack your bag. The Lord said, "Go back." The Lord said, "Go back." You didn't pack your bag. You didn't pack your car. Uh-uh. Go. You done bought your plane ticket. Go back to the house, child. Go on back to the house. Go back to the house. And with all the things that were revealed to them, right? That's the whole thing. Like, okay, sometimes the Lord will tell you something. He's telling you what your calling is. He's telling you what your assignment is and he's telling you where you need to be, but he's not telling you how long it's going to be. Okay. So I know you want me to go to this church, but how long before I really get to start using the gifts that you've given me? How long before I stop feeling overlooked and overseen? How long before I start feeling like I really belong? How long before I start feeling like I'm really in community? I know this is where you call me, but how long is it going to be? How long is it going to be before this man starts standing in the leadership role that you've given me, given him and you've called him to cover me? How long is it going to be before he starts showing me some love and, and, and respect and affection? How long is it going to be before he starts leading? I know that you told me to stay in that spot, stay in that marriage, but how long? I heard you say that. I I know you want me to say that but how long is it going to be before the promise comes and what we can see is that ain't your business all the time because that's what they wanted to know they gathered around him and asked him verse six lord are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to israel okay so you want me to go back you want us to stay here so you're about to restore because these people don't really like us that much here it's under roman rule they didn't crucify you we're not really feeling these people we're ready to go we're ready to go to someplace else. We heard that it's a better location. So you telling us to stay here. Um, are you about to restore us to where we were, but to the way what we had you about to give us, but to elevate us. When is that going to happen? Jesus replies, it's not for you to know the times or dates. This is verse seven, the times or dates. The father has set by his own authority. Don't worry about that, but you're going to have what you need where you are. You're going to have what you need to do what I said, but don't worry about when somebody, when is, when things going to change. Okay, Lord, I know you told me to do that, but when am I going to see? Okay, Lord, I know you told me to, but when anybody got a, but when spirit, y'all be honest with me in this chat, anybody, that's just me. Cause I know there are some things that the Lord told me to do in a way that he told me to do them. And I'm like, okay, cool um so I've been doing that but when am I gonna you remember how you said but when am I gonna see that <laughs> like don't worry it's not for you to know the time verse eight but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you don't worry about that you're gonna have the power to do what I'm telling you to do though and the power came through the Holy Spirit I think that's so important because how many of you are out here trying to do things in your own power, in your own strength, with your own strategy? In the strength of somebody else, you're trying to figure it out. I know I got a lot of high achievers. That's just who y'all are. Y'all been called to lead in your home and in businesses and things like that. You've been called to support. You got a lot of ideas. You got a lot of gifts and skills and talents. And so you've been able to accomplish a lot of things in the world. You didn't get to where you are by not being able to figure things out, by not being able to press through. But that's also why you're exhausted. It's also why you're tired it's also why you can't get it done at the level you thought you was gonna be able to get done you thought you was gonna be able to do it at 100 and you only really been getting it done at 50. why because we've been neglecting the Holy Spirit I think sometimes we invite the Holy Spirit in our prayer room right y'all invite the Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit. Come set your people free. Right? We 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 invite the Holy Spirit at church and when we singing and worshiping and in prayer groups and at retreats and stuff. We'd be like, come, Holy Spirit. We want them to come in when we're singing and we're crying. But I wonder how often you invite the Holy Spirit in your marriage. Hmm. And, and I mean, yeah. Yeah. don't be don't log off, okay? Y'all don't log off. Y'all stay with me. We can't we're growing this year, right? If we don't do nothing else this year, we're going to grow in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Don't be mad at me, y'all. Amen. We gonna grow. I'm not talking about you inviting the Holy Spirit to come in and clean your husband up and do with him what you feel like he need to do. I'm saying how many of you are asking the Holy Spirit to come and give you a greater capacity to love and share your husband grace and to honor him? How many of you are inviting the Holy Spirit to come in and increase your ability to love, increase your ability to remain silent, to cover him in prayer, to serve him in the kitchen and in the bedroom. I'm just, how, how many of you wives are inviting the Holy Spirit into your marriage for that reason? You ain't got to put, don't put that in the chat. Don't put it in the chat, okay? I just want to know. I ain't, I ain't say you got to put it in the chat. I think that we invite the Holy Spirit Into a lot of things, but God has called you to do something that you can't do without the Holy Spirit. He called you to be a wife with a quiet and gentle spirit. He called you to be a wife that would win her husband over without nagging. He called you to be the light and the salt in a marriage where you feel like you're the only one standing as the light and the salt. He called you to be submissive in a marriage where you feel like, why should I be submissive to him when he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing? That's between him and the Lord. The Lord has called you to be his suitable helper. And unless he's telling you to do something that goes against the Lord, unless he's telling you to do something. Come on. It's just preference. Unless he's telling you to do something that goes against the will of God as it is being revealed to you, then submit we shall. How many of you are praying praying for the Holy Spirit to come in and give you the capacity to play that role? How many of you are praying for the Holy Spirit to give you the capacity to stay on the job, to stay in the partnership, to stay at the church, to stay in the ministry, to continue giving, to continue serving, to continue loving, to continue loaning? Some of y'all loaning folks, money, the Lord is like, you got it. You keep doing it. How many? Holy Spirit is what you need. The power to do what God has called us to do here on this earth comes through the Holy Spirit. And I think it's so easy for us to play the Holy Spirit to the left and only invite the Holy Spirit to prayer parties and worship experiences. I think it's a beautiful thing that they all stayed together. I wonder what it would look like if we as the church stayed together constantly praying with one another and for one another, and not only coming together on Saturday morning. I wonder what it would look like for you to be connected to women in life groups or even in the Facebook group where y'all are praying for one another, dropping a prayer, dropping a word of encouragement because we are the church. We're an online church, so our church home is Facebook. What would it look like for us as a church, right? To show up and constantly be praying even before there's a prayer request, to be asking for prayer requests, to be dropping a word of encouragement, to be dropping a song of encouragement constantly, right, in that community as we are waiting for the Lord to do what he's going to do in and through us and in and through this church. Hmm. I wonder what that would look like because what I believe is we can't see those that have been called to lead because we're not in community enough. You, who You ain't leading if ain't nobody. Who are you leading? Leaders are leading others. But it's difficult for leaders to emerge when there's no community. They were all together. And while they were together, Peter stood up among them, you know, There's always somebody that's been called to lead. Maybe that's you. Somebody's been called to lead in your family, in your household, in your community, at your job, at your kids, little league. Like somebody's been called to lead in a situation. You're sitting at the table for a reason and you refuse to lead. You're sitting at the table for a reason. You've been been given um, access to a room You've been given access to a table so that you could lead. Nobody said that he was in charge. He didn't have a leadership sticker on him. He didn't have leadership credentials. I mean, he emerged as a leader. You got it in you. You know it. There's this prompting in you, but still you are sitting back, not leading. I wonder why. I wonder why. What are we waiting on? Hold, tap into Holy Spirit. Listen, Holy Spirit, I need you to act. Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. Activate. Every day. Every day. So as you go out, you can be who God has called you to be. You can do the things that God has called you to do. And if that's leading in your perspective areas, then leading in your perspective areas. There's just a couple more things. I feel like my time is going. There's just a couple more things. Jesus wasn't tricked. He trusted. He trusted. God. Jesus wasn't tricked by Judas. I love that Peter reminds us that this was always written because it could seem like somebody got over on Jesus. Jesus wasn't tricked by Judas. He trusted God, even though it meant he would be betrayed. You're not being you. It may seem like you're being betrayed by man, but you're really being blessed by God. It may seem like you're being betrayed by man, but you're really being blessed by God so that you can complete the assignment that he's given you. And that betrayal was attached to the blessing. It's like the betrayal. is like bullcrap, crap. Which is used to fertilize and things grow. That crappy thing that you went through, that crappy thing that happened was the fertilizer that was required for your fruit to manifest. Without the betrayal, we missed the blessing of Christ. He had to be betrayed. He wasn't tricked. He trusted God. You're not being tricked. You're not like, do you trust God? Do you bump the process? You can't trust the process because the process don't work for everybody. But you know who has an un, unblemished record? God. Can you trust God in the process? I love that Peter had requirements for um, for who the leader would be, right? He had requirements because he trusted God enough to know we're supposed to replace Judas. I trust him. Here are the requirements. I love that it came through human nomination, Some of y'all just sitting around waiting for Jesus. I trust God enough to make a decision because he's put me in a position to have choices, options to decide. I've been placed here as a leader. I've been placed here as an assistant. I've been placed here at the table so that I can speak up, so that I can give my two cents, so that I can give my insight. So I'm not waiting for the Lord to just do it all for me. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to make make myself known. Peter was like, these are the qualifications. Let's make some nominations. They made nominations based on wisdom. There was a standard. They use their wisdom to make a nomination. They use their faith by praying and they use systems and process by casting lots. And that's that's how the decision was made. Because they trust God, they know that he's always in control, but we sometimes have to participate. Things aren't going the way you want them to go in your business because you refuse to participate. You're just waiting on the Lord to make every decision. You are struggling in your ministry because you refuse to participate. You are struggling in relationships. You can't get a good relationship because you refuse to participate. Hmm. Say what I said. You can't get your money right because you refuse to participate. You won't make... You won't set any standards. They set standards. You won't use your wisdom to, to, to whittle down your options. They are they use prayer. That's their faith. They had a system, a process. Maybe you need to be on the dating app. Maybe you need quick QuickBooks so that you can have a budget, right? Like there needs to be some type of process. You got to choose which dating app you're going to be on. You got to choose which app you're going to use to get your money right. You have to choose what church you're going to go to to grow in your faith. You have to choose what Bible study guide you're going to use to develop your Bible study skills. You got to make some choices, pray, and then you need a system. That's what we saw that they got these things because we know that God is in control, but we sometimes need to participate. Things might have been different back then for them. They didn't have all the things that we're dealing with, all these options, all these things. But you know what? Purpose was the same the purpose was the absolute same for you to obey God to do the work that he set you here to do. This number one goal is salvation. But you've been created with a purpose. You've been created with an assignment. And his goal is to get you to complete your assignment because it fits into his picture of salvation. It fits into the bigger picture. That's why you have a post. The Lord is doing something. And he's got you to do it in and through. And he gave you the Holy Spirit so that you can do it because you can't do it by yourself. He gave you the Holy Spirit because he knew you would need some power. He gave you the Holy Spirit because he knew that you would need to be poured into. He gave you the Holy Spirit because he knew you need some guidance. He gave you the Holy Spirit. This is another promise. I promise you I'm going to give you everything that you need. I promise you're gonna be able to accomplish this. I promise there's gonna be a marriage. I promise there's gonna be a child. I promise there's gonna be growth and I gave you the Holy Spirit. Don't worry about the time or the place. I need you to work in collaboration with the Holy Spirit. But that means friends, we gotta work. But you don't have access to the Holy Spirit if you do not know Jesus. You don't have access to the Holy Spirit if you are not one with Christ. And that comes through repenting and accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It is then that he sends the Holy Spirit. And so maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're like, that sounds good. I know church, but I haven't really accepted God as my Lord and Savior. And so I going to give you an opportunity to do that. Now, if that's you, you're like, yes, I would love the power of the Holy Spirit. I would love to be able to do this thing that I feel in my soul I want to be able to do, but I haven't been able to do it. It's because you don't have the partnership." You don't have the help that it's the Holy Spirit and you get that through. So that's like, that's another gift. It's a promise that he'll give it to you, but it's another gift. Repeat after me. Father, I confess with my mouth. That Jesus is Lord. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I now accept him as my Lord and Savior. I accept the gift of salvation right now. Thank you, Father God, for forgiving me, for saving me, and giving me eternal life with you. Amen. If you said that prayer, I want to be one of the first to welcome you to the family of God. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're coming back, then welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. So happy to have you. So glad that you are here, counted among us. Um, if this is your first time coming to Christ, I would love to um, connect with you and to get some resources in your hand as you walk out these first steps in your faith walk. Send an email to praise at boldfaithchurch.org. Somebody from the care team. connect with you and get you some resources if you are returning back rededicating your life after some time maybe you were like peter you were with god you were close you were doing work with him but something happened you took a hit you made some choices and then you just went back to living life the way you were before but now you're ready to come back you are ready to get back that's great send us an email we want to know that too Praise at boldfaithchurch.org. We want to celebrate you. If you haven't subscribed to this YouTube channel, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are reading the Bible every day, Monday through Friday. You turn on your notifications and you can read the chronological Bible reading plan right along with us. Um, You don't want to miss it. So go ahead and subscribe to this YouTube channel. You don't want to miss us streaming every Saturday morning. Go ahead and subscribe. If you absolutely love this, if this blessed you, do me a favor, hit that share button. Don't worry about whether or not somebody is going to accept it or watch it. Maybe they won't watch it today. Maybe they won't watch it for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Who knows? But it'll still be here. Go ahead and click that button and share. Make sure you like the video. Make sure you share this video. And um, give. if this has blessed you and you want to help us to um, get the message of Jesus, The saving message of the good news, salvation, that there is no other name by one that one can be saved except for by the name of Jesus. You wanna help us to get these messages out to connect with other women, then we would cannot do this without your generosity. You can go to boldfaithchurch.org and give your tithes and offerings. You can set up a one-time donation or reoccurring giving. And I'm just gonna go ahead and say thank you for those who have been faithful. Uh, we've been a church since 2020 and we could not do this work without you. We couldn't do the work that we do, reaching people, changing people, transforming people and, and introducing people to Christ without you. We couldn't do it without your generosity. And so we are so grateful for you. So we just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but we know that church is not over yet. This is just the beginning. We put the community and bold faith community church by gathering together in Zoom in a life group where we Basically, talk about the sermon and how we're going to apply it to our life, and how this is changing us, and what we plan to do. We get to know each other, connect, hold each other accountable to our greatness, and to the things that God is calling. Encouraging one another by sharing uh, our testimony, our experiences, our struggles, uh, one with the other. Right? So, come, go to Bitly Slash Bold Faith Church, and um, I'll meet you in the community. I'll see you in there. All right, I love you. See you in a minute.